Say now, say now. You're tuned in to the Wake Up and Win podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, at the Momentum Studios. The sun is shining. Spencer's here. How about it? Feeling great. Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's get straight to it, man. Win shares. I'm back to back like a Drake track this weekend at Export on the ones and twos. I'm there Friday, which my residency has been Friday, but I'll also be there Saturday as well. So tonight, as you all will be listening to this on a Friday morning, as well as tomorrow night, Saturday, I'll be back on top of the city, 16th floor of the Porter Hotel, export, rooftop, bar, and lounge. Come out, have a good time, vibe out. The tunes will be great. It will do what it needs to do for you. Again, appreciate everybody that's been pulling up. It's been Mad successful. It's been absolutely successful. I've gotten a lot of support, and uh, clearly I'm getting booked even more. So, obviously, it's going good. So, I appreciate y'all for the support in that regard, and we there twice this weekend, baby. Come get your issue at least one of those nights. Yeah, go get your issue for sure. It's funny. I was on uh, Twitter, and somebody was, like, posting. It got, like, a, a lot of traction, this tweet. It was like, why don't DJs realize that they're supposed to be showing us new records, like breaking records. Like they need to get back to it in the old day. I'm like, yeah, we've been talking about that for a A lot. I'm just glad I'm fine to be ahead. I'm just glad that people are starting to catch up. Yeah. Speaking of catching up, you need to catch up with the courtside crossover. Chris Parti. Shout out to Chris. I was on the podcast, the latest episode 57. Uh, Go check that out. Now follow him at Chris Parti. Check out his articles at Deadspin. Check me out on the pod. Uh, we had a good time. I've never done a Zoom uh, podcast <laughs> where before. Have you, where have you no, been during the pod- pandemic? I've never, pod- <laughs> I've never done a podcast on Zoom. Right, right. I've only done it on the phone. Yeah. And I was like, the phone sucks. Yeah. But the the it, it makes it a little bit better. It's not Zoom, as good as Yeah, I mean, person. you get to see the person. It's you not know, like If you want to use it. a video, you, you have video that... They'll make for you like it, it has some perks, but in person no, is always yeah, the best. That's what I'm saying. And we always do this podcast in person. At yeah. The Momentum Studio. Shout out Zeb. For so. sure, for sure. Well, now it's time to get into some content. And uh today just so happens to be the 49th birthday of hip hop. And obviously that's a big deal. Hip hop being the world's biggest genre today in just a short 49 years. That's quite an impressive feat. But I decided to give y'all a little treat today. I got one of the best fire flame spitters in hip-hop joining me. He's a friend of the show. You heard him here before. He's back again. Simba, you're on fire, man. Cool down. You're on fire, man. You're on fire. I'm trying to get like you, cuz. I'm trying to get like you. All I want to do is wake up and win. Hello. Hello. And we're here now. But I got to talk to you, man, because you got some explaining to do. You just had your first headlining show at... The Roxy uh, down yeah. in Los Angeles, and uh, you brought out the big dogs. You brought out on yeah. stage to perform with you. You brought out Two Chains. You brought out yeah. Ty Dolla Sign. You brought out Problem. Yeah. Shout out to yeah. Jason Cash, OT Genesis yeah. as well. But yeah. I look, and in the crowd, you brought out LeBron James. What are you doing out there? <laughs> <laughs> What's really no, going man. on? It was it was just a great night, man, for black culture in LA. That's really what it was all about. Um, seeing everybody come out. Uh I just wanted to give the people a show. You know, it was, it was for my new project that I'm getting ready to drop, which is against the grills with DJ Drama, dropping September 16th. Results take time. Um, I've been working on it for so long. I haven't done too many shows to just show people what I was working on. So I played all new music. We brought the band out. We brought some special guests out. I just wanted them to know what they was getting ready to see on, on September 16th. Absolutely. And obviously, you know, a lot of people have been anticipating your music. You haven't dropped a bunch. Really, your last full-length project, you dropped in 2020 when you kind of got your break. And although we don't have you here for a long time today, we'll get the long-form long interview closer to when the album drops. I do want to sure. know, I do want to know, like... That results take time title. You clearly yeah. have been taking your time before dropping another project. Tell me more about what that means to you and why it is that that was able to get the claim for the title of this album that's on the way. Man, I just I feel like we living in a time now where like 
you know, everybody could pick up the phone and become who they want to be, but they actually don't have to be that in real life. Right. So it's, it's through social media, people can portray something that they truly aren't. And it can make people feel like you can skip steps in life and you can cheat life when in all actuality, no matter how you're looking on the internet or however you coming across to other people, you still got to put in the work. You still got to go get up every day and strive towards what you're trying to get and understand that results take time. It's like things just ain't going to happen overnight as much as people say they might happen overnight for them. It's still a process that went into that. Right. So that's really what it was truly about me expressing that. I felt like I was going through a time where when the pandemic, I wasn't able to tour. I wasn't able to go meet program directors and people that was playing my music, the DJs. And I felt like it was holding me back. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, I felt like everybody was, oh, he next up, he next up. But I couldn't go outside and feel the effects of it. Right. So it was becoming frustrating. And I was explaining it to my homie one day and he was just like, man, you worried about the wrong things. Uh, you got to look at what you're doing and look at where you're trying to go. Results take time. Like, don't mm. let life rush you into making you feel like you got to hurry up and do something to prove yourself. People know you can rap. They know you can make music, but give them something great to listen to. So I took my time with it, man. And we we here now, September 16th. Absolutely. Again, you bring out the heavy hitters to your show all the way up to LeBron. Like, yeah. talk about being able to have the vouchers that you've had to this point. Obviously, everybody that you had come out and perform with you, that was absolutely on the love. LeBron yeah. James yeah. ain't just going to anybody's first headline show. So that's yeah. on the love. You got a record out right now. Pusha T is on the record. Dr. Dre is on the producer credits for it. Like, you are able to get a vouch from a lot of folks in the industry that, don't tend to always do it or just don't have to do it because they're in positions to where they're doing so well for themselves that they can kind of move to the beat of their own drum. But for some yeah. reason, they gravitate to you and what it is that you've been able to do. Plus, you know, you got the old versus young. You got the old school battling with the new school. The, the yeah. new school saying that we got to get the old folks out the way. Like, talk about what it's been like for you to be able to get so much support from within the industry before even dropping the album. Man, it's a blessing. It's it's really a blessing. Like, it's days I wake up. Like, yesterday I woke up and Russell Simmons posted my freestyle. Mm. You know what I mean? I never met Russell. Well, I have met him once uh, yeah. when I was younger. I met him one time, but I haven't seen him since. You know what I mean? So for him to do that, but uh, even with Dre, like everything was organic. Same thing with LeBron, with Draymond. I think it's just I represent something that's a part of hip-hop culture that's missing today. Right. And that's um, that's cool lyricism. Like we, we kind of in a time with hip-hop where, you know, the music feels a little more violent in certain areas. It's a little more melody. Um, but we don't have a lot of, like, good lyricism to listen to. People are great lyricists, but, you know, they're freestyling over over beats. And what I'm more so trying to do is rap on records mm. and really give people an experience that they can listen to and a soundtrack that they can go to work to. It may not always be um, something for the club or something just to turn up in the cars. Like, sometimes you need that song to walk into work. Yeah, you might not yeah. want to be there. Sometimes you need that song to. Sometimes you need that song to make you want to wake up and win. You yeah, know what I mean, talk and, about and it. I, and I needed the soundtrack to that, and that's really what it comes from. Um, I feel like they all gravitate to that because we all working towards something. We all going through things. No matter how much more money someone may have or how much more fame they may have, they still go through things as regular people. And music speaks to that. Yeah, so I feel like I'm able to you know, create music that's familiar from what they grew up on, but also still feels cool enough for the young kids as well. Man, man, I, I gotta I gotta ask you this because I was on FaceTime watching your show the other day. And yeah. for you, this is your first headline show in Los Angeles. Paint the picture for me. You walk out, the bright lights are on, you got your band behind you, you got your DJ behind you, and you have an absolutely sold out crowd coming yeah. to see you, the headliner. This is your first yeah. one. Explain yeah. the feeling 
again, give me a few more details that I might not be able to even give and tell because I wasn't there. <laughs> Only through technology was I there. I'm mad yeah. about it. Trust me. Yeah. Just tell yeah. me, like, what that feeling was like for you, first of all, to be able to accomplish that after all of the years that you've spent rapping to get to this point and some of the things, again, that us folks that wasn't able to be there just wasn't able to see for the result takes time experience. Yeah, no, nah, it, it literally was that, man. When I walked out, I, I literally said results take time. I remember doing shows in, like, small venues, man, and it'd be, like, 30 people in there, and I'd be frustrated because I felt like nobody was hearing it, but I still would give my all no matter what because I knew those 30 people could tell another 30 people, and the next time I have 60 people. So right. to see that many people in there, um, and I performed all new music. It wasn't like these songs were known besides Big Homie and Gotta Love It. Um, but you were able like, to bring like, the features out to perform those records with you, which is 2 Chains yes, and Ty Dolla Sign. Yes, sir, man. I hit up Chains. He was like, it's good. Uh, my publicist tapped in with Ty. Shout out to Jason Davis. He said it was good. We linked up. We chopped it up, man. They came out. We rocked the stage. The crowd was going crazy. LeBron was back there having a good time. Draymond was having a good time. Like it was, it was, it was a surreal moment. It was a real moment to make me proud that I picked this name because that's exactly what it looked like. Was results take time? Like it took me time to get here, and I got so much more to do, and so much further to go. But it's like that was validation that, like, I'm on the right track. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Again, congratulations on that. Look, we're going to get you back here in about a month because I want you to talk more about the impact that the pandemic had on you, being that you got your big break during the pandemic. Obviously, I think people could relate because I know you personally, so I know on a mental level that it had an impact on you. So I want to dig deeper into that. I want to dig deeper into the fact that game, the game just dished you on his latest L.A. Leakers freestyle. Hopefully, by the time we have you back on, you'll have clap back at him because, uh, yeah, <laughs> we heard that, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more I want to get to with you, man. And I know you're getting ready to rock out in D.C. tonight. So appreciate you for coming on. We got more to say, though. Real quick. I, I got my, my co-host wants to holler at you one second. Yo, okay, yo what, what's up, Simba and Spencer, man? How you doing, bro? What's up, Spence? How you feeling? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I just want to tell you, man, I'm like when I heard that you were dropping finally, I, I flipped out. I was like, I've been waiting for this fool's album for all summer long. And I swear, September 16th is still summer to me, bro. So good good shit, man. Keep going, bro. I'm, we're all here with you, bro. Man, you know, I was trying to get it out sooner, man. But it's it's, it's a tough process when you're dealing with these labels. You, you It's the sample right. clearances. It's, it's a business. You know what I mean? You can't just throw things on the internet without getting it cleared and talking to the owner of the song first. So we had a few sample issues. We got everything worked out. You know what I mean? And we ready to drop September 16th for sure. Results take time. Gangsta grills, you bastard. It's going to be one yes, of them. Sir. It's going to be one of them. All right, man. Go rock out out there in the East Coast. All right, man. Appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Yep. Love you too, right, fool. Bro. Well, there you go. Shout out to Simba, man. Simba, man. He going is crazy. You know, bro. And here's the thing, man. He was talking about, like, using music. And, you know what I'm saying? Like, the lyrics of today's music, it is a little bit of a problem. I I mean, I've been the person for a long time. Like, I like my rap like that. You know what I'm saying? Violent, yeah. quote unquote, if you will. And But also, like, nowadays, I just think people, because hip-hop has become such a huge multifaceted, it's a world genre. Yeah. It's touched everywhere. Absolutely. And I think that, like, when you add more people into the game, people want to use music for different things now. Right. It's not just, like this is the direction of what rock and roll sounds like or rap sounds like. It's like, it's so multifaceted. That yeah. There's ways to use it. And I do agree with him. There aren't a lot of good lyricists that make like it that, seem cool. That too. like that. Yeah. I like think that. beyond just the lyricist aspect, like one thing about him is he still looks the part where you got a lot of, mm. you got a lot of lyrical miracle rappers that just like, don't give a fuck about what's cool. 
which is fine. It's nothing, nothing wrong with that. But there's clearly a lane for the lyrical miracle rappers that rap as if they are the ones in the club every weekend that that care about their image, quite frankly, because usually the ones that can really rap rap, they lean so heavily into their ability to rap that they kind of say fuck everything else. And then they feel slighted when they feel like they're not getting the opportunities that they should right. be getting because they're better than Mr. Mumble Rapper over here who looks the part, though, and who can play the role and kind of have that image that makes somebody look up at you and say, I want to be like that. <laughs> he looks like a star, even though he can't rap with such and such over here who's super cool with the, you know what I mean, whatever he got going on. But all he wants to lean into is his ability to rap. I think Simba understands, like, I have this ability to rap, so I'm obviously going to elevate that. But also, I got an image, too, and I'm going to bring it both together to where I'm a cool person that's spitting the way that I'm spitting and not just leaning into the fact that I can out-rap just about anybody. Right. <clears throat> no, I That matters. I feel what you're saying, but I mean, like, like Lil Baby is spitting bars all the time. For sure. And, and his music is hella cool. Absolutely. And when you hear it, you go, oh, yeah, we can use that. I can throw that at 40,000 people and it's going to totally work. Yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't and, exist, but there's a definitely a lane for but, it. <laughs> but I'm saying that, like, a lot of those lyricist guys, they sort of, like, forget about the music in a way and forget about, like you're saying, like, the total package, what you can use it for. Right. And if you're talking about, like, mainstream appeal and, and, and on, like, a hip-hop standpoint, like, you got to, like, make – pop sort of songs like dance yeah 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 you gotta yeah. have it be popular and i know that the word like you gotta pop, be able to blend yeah exactly <laughs> you gotta be able to blend you gotta have those elements to yeah, it that be like sure. it validates it as cool so people can go yeah i'm gonna listen to your music yeah and then they hear good bars but you can't just be like yo you should like my crappy music because i spit really well yeah you have, can't do that it's like we don't care about that you know we're not at like a house party at 2 a.m yeah. you know what I mean? like, right you know what i'm saying yeah yeah, so, yeah. No, I hear you, man. I hear you. But again, shout out to him. It was cool to have him on, man. It's hip hop's birthday today. Yeah, forty nine. And again, he's he's somebody who gets love from every generation of rappers, down to Pete Rock. I mean, Master P. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Dr. Dre, obviously, as we talked about. And he said Russell Simmons just posted his freestyle today. Mm. Like, this is a young man who is like getting shown love throughout the generations of hip-hop. So to be able to acknowledge that, have him on, man, that's pretty cool, but man. Everybody ain't able on uh, Hip-Hop's 49th. I, I will say, though, you know, in the spirit and in respect to uh, Cool Herc, uh, Black Thought said, MCs ain't even show loyalty yet. Cool Herc ain't never seen a royalty check. And it's like, that. today is the day that he threw that party and started it and showed people how you could play a record player as an instrument. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. Basically. And for then sure. everyone was like, boom. Boom. It exploded into this whole new thing. Yeah, absolutely. And so. No, nah, that's know, fire, shout man. Out cool Herc. Shout out Cool Herc, man. Shout <laughs> thanks, out to Thanks, dog. <laughs> shout out to Thanks, bro. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Um, Serena's retiring or leaving the game of tennis, evolving away from the yeah. game of ten tennis. I like that. Because she didn't like the word retirement. And only Serena would have that much uh a perfection to the wording of her rollout yeah. to just be able to skip past the word retirement and say involve evolve away and, from and, the and, game. and and also evolve like, away from the and game. also to like <laughs> also not not call herself a professional athlete still you know what I yeah. mean because like you know in her mind she's like anytime anyone wants yeah, it yeah you can get it if the price is right <laughs> I'll come out of evolution <laughs> you know what I'm saying and, and I'll come hand you an asshole bit yeah bit. you can get it for sure you Yo, can get it and here's the thing like. Serena, I was thinking about this on the drive over. Like, we always use the word most dominant athlete. In, yeah. Like, a lot of th football, basketball, and stuff. Dynastics. To, to me, I don't, I never really like that because it's like, what does that mean compared to like the greatest? Right. I don't know, but clearly there's a difference. But yeah, the, there is a difference. But the most dominant athlete that I can think of when I think about that is Serena Williams. Like, I don't think that there's Hard an athlete ever that's like, in her reign of terror, she was a terror. Yeah, like I, I was. I watched the. Uh, there was like a video essay that Howard Bryant did for ESPN about her, and 
It was talking about like her becoming a champion and winning all of these championships. And then for opponents, it became a matter of not just winning the championship like what it was for her, but it became a matter of winning the championship, but also beating Serena. Like Serena, beating Serena, if even if it wasn't in the championship round. Yeah. To beat Serena was every bit as big as winning a championship because that's how absolutely dominant right. Serena was within the sport is like just beating her means more than actually winning the trophy. It don't matter if you beat her in the first round. Just beating right. her holds more weight to you, your brand, how you're going to get viewed and perceived within the sport more so than actually taking home the trophy. That's that's dominant. <laughs> yeah, and I bet and I that's bet, dominant. And I For her I it was about the trophy. For everybody else, it was about her. And I bet the people that beat Serena in those times, that's probably what they remember most. Because yeah. I'm sure that every time she saw somebody across the net, that they were scared oh, out yeah. of their mind. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. the fear that she must have struck into people's hearts. For sure. When she was on her reign. Because she was just destroying. destroying. <laughs> and like... Oh, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, Serena Williams, man. Yeah, man. Shout out to Serena. Definitely want to show Serena love. And, you know, she, and obviously, you know, we, we can't talk about what she did on the court without acknowledging all that she had to go through off the court within the sport to still overcome that to become the most dominant tennis player ever, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care what nobody has I mean, to she's, say about I mean, she's it. like an icon. She's an now. icon, and it's like she had to en endure a lot in a space that didn't reflect her. One of the hardest things. I get it. I know it. I understand it. Being in the space that I'm in, like, there is a, a science almost to being able to overcome that. And it's unfortunate that I even have to frame it in that way. But it's not an easy task to excel in an industry that doesn't reflect you in who you are. And she did that in countless ways. And uh, the only reason that I think she's retiring, I'm blaming Will Smith. <laughs> Blame Will Smith, man. He 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 he. She <laughs> almost had the perfect rollout from start to finish with King Richard. Almost had the perfect ending, and then Will Smith wants to go on stage and slap Chris Rock at the Oscars that King Richard is going to win all these awards. He at. still won them, and she's st he still yeah for sure yeah, won them. But <laughs> but that ain't what we talk about. Yeah, that ain't what we talk about. <laughs> <laughs> He's apologizing now. Like, we're talking about everything else. Obviously, I say that in a joking manner. But, yeah, man, now she's, she's evolving away from tennis, man, because she, she didn't finish the job the way that she wanted to with the King Richard story. <laughs> Thanks, Will Smith. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, she like I said, she's still, uh, you know, elevated above all of that. She's a straight-up Definitely, icon definitely. And Absolute know, icon. I'm probably gonna go watch some highlights of her just dominating tonight. It's yeah, be sweet. Yeah, she 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 is one of those. Trump got raided by the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, I figure His that Mar-a-Lago property in Florida was raided by the FBI. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, and now all of his supporters. Want to defund the FBI? Right. <laughs> what a time to be alive! Right now, y'all want to defund the FBI? Yeah, uh, I, I tried. I've been trying to stay away from all of that as much as I can because it's like, you know, you, it, me, and my friend, we joke about like, oh man, if this is all scripted, like years ago, we were like, oh man, if this is all scripted, like the writers. Like the writers need to get better. Whoever's writing the story of America, yeah. like they're they're be, they're lazy. You know, we got Russia. Like it's the Cold War again. Like oh, this is lazy writing. And then it's like boom, Donald Trump happens, and then it's like all right, okay, all right, yeah, that's good writing. Right, this shit is crazy, crazy. It's crazy because it's crazy. people are saying things like we should defund the FBI and the guy that oh they getting merch the made guy, too. They ain't just saying it. And they're <laughs> they making oh, merch. Yeah, they're making merch. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, they're saying, like, yeah, the guy that is leading this up should get, you know, hung or whatever, hanged and, uh, you know, stripped from his house. And it's like, well, that's the dude that Trump appointed. And it's just it's very funny. And I, I don't uh, 
I, I don't, you know, try. I try not to talk about that in public, bro. I, I really don't. Why do people still give a shit? I don't know. Like, it's just theater at this point. It's, if they if they want a trial, I'm sure that that would just grip the nation. Everyone would love it. But it's like, dude, just get off of this guy, dude. Like, let him just die at his shit. I mean, obviously arrest him. You know what I mean? But I mean, if but it, but whatever. I don't know, man. Whatever happens, happens. But it's like, just I'm not worried about a guy like Donald. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. He's out the door, and I'm just like, let's move on. They're trying to bring him back. I That's wish, what it is. I wish that we could move on from all. Just they very are trying old to bring him back in 2024. 2024. Yeah, That's what's going on. Yeah, they're trying to run because him. if he overcomes this, he'll become a martyr. <laughs> Yeah. Like they're trying to defund the FBI. I, I was just talking that defund the FBI shit back when we had all the racially motivated mass shootings taking place a couple months ago. And I've talked about and because there was an article that had come out in The Guardian where you had a former FBI member talk about how the FBI just let all of these Cases just slipped through the cracks and they didn't properly investigate these racially motivated rat mass shootings and they continue to happen. And I was just a banging that drum. Hey, we're talking about defunding police. Let's pull back a few layers. Maybe we need to defund the FBI, yeah. too, if they're coming out CIA. and telling on themselves so, and, and what it is that they're doing falsely out here. And I was banging that drum a few months ago. A lot of those people on the other side didn't want to hear it. Now you got politicians putting out merch, defund the police merch. <laughs> you got, and I'm talking about Republican conservative politicians that support Donald Trump. That's really more so what I should say. Donald Trump supporting politicians <laughs> because what party you in is whatever. Who you support is everything. He's got a lot of folks on that side that support him. And they're out here making the fun FBI t-shirts and sell them on, selling them online. Yeah. I should have sold some fun FBI t-shirts online a couple months ago. That's how I feel at yeah. this point. Yeah, you definitely should capitalize if you can off of their stupidity. Yeah, dog, because they, they're, they're capitalizing of sudden, off of our brilliance. All of a sudden. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like to... they're capitalizing off our brilliance, literally, by way of gaining capital. By that, I mean... We've already been beating this drum. We've already had plenty of plenty, especially when you consider like the civil rights era and all the faulty shit the FBI did in the civil rights. We've been beating that drum of defunding the FBI. And now you got folks switching sides because well, we know the why. ball turned back on them. Yeah, we know why. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but it's just interesting. It's just interesting. Because they're spineless. And that's all right. You know, spineless, yeah. being spineless and dumb, though. It just feels like it's going to come to, you know what I'm saying, like a head. Yeah. Because I don't feel like these people are losing. They're especially not losing any steam if all of their stupid-ass supporters are going to go buy crappy T-shirts online. You know what I'm saying? And throw yeah. them more money. Throw them, yeah. And, I mean, and, and, it, and, it's, and it, uh, in regards to Donald Trump running in 2024, like, all right, drag Seabiscuit out. Let him run, man. Like, I, I feel like, fine. All of you fools should run. Around the country, round the clock, only just listening to people until you drop. Because if you're 80 and you're a yeah. politician, I don't think you should be doing that job, my friend. I is don't. That, is that where I you think, are with it? I think it's too old, personally. Everyone's that's, like, that's you know, look, I mean, in terms of, like, court of public opinion and the perception of the politicians, especially post-Obama, like, Twitter politics now. Yeah, yeah. You know, both sides, they go, well, Joe Biden's, you know, incompetent and has Alzheimer's. And then the other side goes, look how stupid Donald Trump is. And it's like, yeah, they're both fucking goofy. <laughs> they're in their 80s, dude. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. no, bro. And it's like, I, I, and it's talk like, about it. And, and talk like, about it. You can't have, you, you, you think about your family. You're not going, all right, man, we need to run a play. Let's go grab grandpa out the, out the easy chair and have him call this play. No, he's yeah. done making plays. Right. When you hit 30, your pay, you stop letting your parents call a lot of play. That's when you start to realize you're like, dude, even in like their 50s, 60s, you're like, maybe you should sit the next couple innings yeah, out, yeah, yeah, dog. Yeah, yeah. Like, why, why don't, I, why don't I handle this? Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. then, and then you're talking. Okay, well, how about the 80 year old guy be the president? Like, right. it just I doesn't sound I, great, good to great me. Great analogy. And I know that that's like, I know that that's <laughs> great like analogy. Really, like, you know, uh, sophomoric, you know, take on politics or whatever. But I'm just like, 
you know, until we can get those sort of like basic, obvious issues taken care of, then we can start talking about like sophisticated politics and like just get the guys that are old and rich out of there. Elect dudes that are a little bit younger and maybe haven't amassed so much wealth to where they're not just going to sit on their hands and, you know what I'm saying, and yeah. make backdoor deals and, and appease the, the lobbyists. I mean, somebody the other day was like, uh, because Facebook gave uh, um, like uh, instant message information from like an underage girl who got an abortion illegally in Indiana. And now like the, con- the, the conversation is like, well, did they have the ethical, you know, uh, high ground to be able to give that up in order to, <clears throat> excuse me, stop a crime that's legally on the books in Indiana, regardless of how you feel about it. Yeah. And someone was like, all women should delete Facebook right now. And I'm like, yeah, that's a good thing that you're tweeting right now. It's like, actually, everyone should delete Facebook right now. Yeah. Like, if we're being honest, like, if we're really going to do something, then you got to do something. Yeah. If there was an, if you, if you, if we all had an ability to just be like, oh, today we're not going to use this website for a day zero traffic if collectively we could do that we could just move these corporate you know uh entities around like marionettes as a as a people but we're not unified because we just get wrapped up in this stupid ass bipartisan politics with a bunch of old goofy motherfuckers <laughs> running around serious and it's like you know i'm and i just i'm getting a little exhausted by it but realistically i just want to you know uh see you know this whole trial or, or FBI investigation, like come to something fruitful. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to go do something, then find something out and prosecute swiftly and, and set punishments and, you know, dig up all the crap and clear it out of the garden. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, let's yeah. do this swiftly. Let's, let's not get caught up in the theatrics of it. You know what I mean? Well, we caught up in the theatrics of it. All right. Cause uh, everybody's, everybody's tuned in now. Everybody's tuned in now. I mean, like I said, yeah, that sound all the everything you said sounds great, but the reality is (laughs) (laughs) there's a reality to it. Talk about the reality. That's who's running things, and this is where we are now, and this is what's going on. And you know, you gotta follow it. You You can't not follow it. And you know, Donald (laughs) Trump is just gonna. He's just gonna zhuzh it up as much as he's can. He's going to, every second he gets press, yeah. or whatever, he's just going to extrapolate it as much as he can. Their base is, these dudes are on TikTok, you know what I'm saying, and, and Instagram live now. They're going wide. They're better media personalities than us, bro. They work hella harder than us. Yeah. To just be like, you know, leave, <laughs> leave that guy alone. The guy to leave it alone. You just did a podcast. Is that your first time ever being a guest on a podcast outside yeah, of a guest on a podcast? Yeah, interesting. What was mm-hmm. that experience like for you? It was good. Uh, I, I, it was just talking to Chris. You know what I'm saying? That's what it yeah. felt like. So that was cool. I, like I said, having the Zoom was was tight, but uh, uh, I mean, it's just so, talking so, hoops, bro. I'm just yeah. talking hoops, man. It's everyday yeah. shit. So it felt pretty normal. Uh, we talked about KD, and uh, Chris was, you know. Consp- conspiring conspiratorially, you know, about some uh, uh, what he thinks is going to go on. I was inclined to agree with him. You have to go check the uh, episode out to hear what we're talking about. Uh, we talk about Dejounte Murray, yeah, and that shit in Seattle. Um, him hitting everybody upside the head with off, a basketball, like NBA Street Volume Two, <laughs> off the easy. Yeah, I saw that. I think uh, him funking with Paolo. I think that there's like a deeper thing there. It's got to be. You know what I'm saying? Right. It seems way too like. What do you got? You guys just played in a pro am. Yeah, like it's not that. It's not the league. Yeah, you know what I mean. That seems like I, you think Paulo said or did something that he didn't know Dejounte knew about. That's what it almost felt like. <laughs> I mean, yeah, or maybe he saw him with his girl at Dick's Drive-In one night or something. I mean, I don't know. You know, yeah. Who's to he's, say? He's after him. He's after him. He's after. And him. they're gonna play a lot. Yeah, and I year. think Paulo's gonna give it to you his ass so? too. <laughs> I think he's too big. Yeah, he's a big kid. Young boy gonna give it to him. I, don't, I, hey, like Dejounte's one of them, but. Yeah, like you was mad because Paulo Bancaro was flexing that number one pick in the draft stuff. He was number one for a reason, dog. Like, like I, I think Paulo is going to be a phenomenal pro. 
I definitely think he has a higher ceiling than DeJounte Murray, and that's no knock against DeJounte Murray. But, yeah, being a number one overall pick in a draft means something. It has merit. There's expectations that come with it. That's not saying that if, for whatever reason, he wasn't being humble, that he shouldn't have been humble or whatever it is. That's is. I'm not saying that to invalidate whatever it is that DeJounte is saying that he felt disrespected by from whatever Paolo did, whether he said something, did something, I don't know. But there is still merit. If Paolo's out here flexing that he's the number one pick in the draft, there's merit to that. Now, does he have to go back it up out there on the court? Yeah. Absolutely. We know that. We understand that. But uh, he was number one for a reason, dog. And I'll say that confidently today because any number one draft is number one for a reason. Whether it works out or not, only time will tell. But being a number one draft is not no just regular feat. And I'm not going to act like it's a regular. I'm not going to act like being a num number one draft is the same as being undrafted. And it's all about where you finish because I don't agree with that. Like, cool, where you finish matters. But, like, nah, being a number one overall pick in the NBA mm. matters more than being undrafted. Yeah. Now, there's other elements where the undrafted person could show where they hold more value career-wise yeah, or whatever the case may be. Right. Ultimately, whatever. But we're not going to just act like being a number one pick isn't what yeah, it is. At the, at the very least, you're going to get more chances to – prove yourself if you're not getting for there. sure you know what i mean so like <laughs> you're like i'm gonna be here for a minute for a minute regardless of what happens and i'm and know? i'm and i'm getting it on the front end yeah and he's gonna get <laughs> i'm minutes. getting it he's on the front end it's in orlando i think he's gonna be rookie of the year pretty squarely yeah and i mean i just think that he's and, and every time he plays atlanta it's gonna be must see tv now and they're in so the same division great. yeah so they're gonna play four times it's going to be tight. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, bro. Yeah, and I, like I said, I, I, I think, I mean, because here's the thing. DeJounte can't guard him, so that's out. Yeah, I want to see You know what I'm saying? It's like on a switch and just He's him, cooked. Yeah, he's cooked. The, over him. The, the, he's too, Bancaro's too big, too skilled. He is cooking. Mm -hmm. That's why Bancaro said he keeps sending doubles my way in the pro. He, he, I mean, they don't even play the same position, so it's not even like an outlandish thing to say or that's not even like picking a side, if you will. The positions are drastic. I mean, DeJounte's a guard. Paolo's a forward. A lot of guards can't guard a lot of forwards. It just is what it is. Yeah, and it's like DeJounte is a long point guard, you know, yeah. compared to the league. But in 20 years, I'm fairly sure that – Everyone on the court is going to look like Paolo, and guys like DeJounte are going to be less and less on the court. Yeah. I you know agree. what I mean? I tend to that's agree. where the game is going. Yeah. There's so many long, athletic, skilled guys now that yeah. it's like you could be six, seven playing point guard and then be six, nine playing nine the playing four. The four. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. 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 You know? Yeah. I agree. Seven footers are still going to get run, but other than that, it's like, what are we going to do with a guy who's six three? Yeah. And everyone else is six you, eight. You better be able to shoot it from down the street. Well, there's only one guy that can really, I mean, there's a couple <laughs> a of couple guys, guys, but there's a couple guys. I just feel like it. the pinnacle of that, we've, it's crested with Steph Curry. For sure. But, so Dame, like, but Dame could do it, Trey Young could do it. Like it's guys out there that could that could let it. I, you fly know, I'm from still a little range. suspect about Trey Young after in terms that. Of after ultimate that, career, yeah. Well, yeah, career, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying he can do that. I'm not saying like the complete package is he's going to be X, Y, or Z. But as far as being able to knock it down from from down the street, he's one of them. <laughs> like he yeah, he has that element to his game. Now, does he have everything else? I time will tell yeah, you know not, what i'm saying yeah. but as far as that element to his game you gotta have that if you're gonna if you want to sustain and survive the direction that the league is headed you know hypothetically if you will but i tend to agree with it that direction you gotta be able to knock it down from far away and uh, and uh, you look at the kids and you're like can all of these kids like kind of shit yeah yeah, like, and, but yeah, now the big guys can. are knocking it down from deeper and deeper. Right. <laughs> so, no, I know, like, even, like, centers. And so you're yeah. Like, oh, all of you guys all have range? <laughs> Damn. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. for sure. It's going to be scary when those kids, you know. Oh, yeah, that's what I said. It's, like, it's yeah. going to be a different league, you know. I And I feel like, uh, uh, you know, even some years ago, everyone was like, what are we going to look at the league? What's it going to look like when, you know, these big marquee guys, LeBron, KD, and the like are gone? And it's like, dude. 
we're gonna be fine. There's tons of killers. We're gonna be all right for a long time. What What did y'all? I don't want to give it away, but now I'm curious because I haven't listened to the whole episode. I listened to like maybe the first 15, 20 minutes. I still got a little ways to go. Um, the KD thing. You're yeah, about? I'm. I'm interested now. In well, I mean, he was. I don't just want like, you. I mean, I know you. You kind of tried well, to. Mean, hint, hey, go listen to the episode. Ah, well, you know, I mean, but it, I mean, it, I'm interested now it's to just hear about a lockout. A KD, a I just conspiracy. feel like a lockout's coming, you know, and I don't think that that's like a you know a crazily yeah, hot take or yeah, whatever. But, uh, yeah. But I just feel like when we look back on it, this KD situation is going to be the like. All right, this is the point where everyone was like, "We'll start preparing for this lockout. That's going to go." Whatever direction I, go, I, would I still don't give, know. I would still give more credit to that in particular to Kyrie. Wait, wait, wait say that again? As far as like this being like the pinnacle moment leading up to a lockout, I think this last Kyrie season was the pinnacle moment. We're still on the way there, obviously. We haven't gotten to the point of a lockout yet. But I think Kyrie's antics will further succeed influence on a lockout than KD's I, antics. Yeah. I I see what you're... Well, I mean, the, just the concept of not playing yeah, basketball. Yeah, it's crazy. That's the, that's, the, <laughs> that's the question that we're trying to answer here. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, what do we do deep. about not playing basketball? That's deep. And basically what I was saying on the... KD podcast, is going... KD plays basketball. Yeah, right. Like, 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 we but, don't, we don't feel that, like, but, but, KD but, plays basketball but, any chance he gets to play basketball. Yo, this is the thing. Now, though. does he, is he ever happy about it? That's to be, I mean, that's, I don't know, <laughs> but he plays basketball. I think he's happy playing basketball. I think secure is, is the he secure? I, I'll take it. Yeah, but, I mean, he may be insecure about the game and his career and his journey and so on and so forth. But he's going to go play. That? Yeah. Okay, we can work with that. Not playing, to me, that's that's going to hold the most right, influence on a potential lockout. No, for sure. Come. But Adam Silver watched Kyrie not play home games all of last season. And then he comes out, like, what, a week and a half or whatever ago or a couple of weeks ago when KD starts requesting that trade, and he specifically goes, we need to start looking at – guys trying to request trades out of contracts because that's when the money starts getting real messed up for the NBA. You're like, you can't just not play on your contract. Now TV money looks different and that's what they care about. Like Kyrie, like we've already got paid for the season and Brooklyn's going to do what Brooklyn's going to do with you. We don't care if you play home games or away games, but if KD's going to start you. forcing out a contract, it's an the, element. Owner, the owners are going to be like, well, what do we do? And then they got to turn to the NBA and be like, well, you guys got to figure this out. And who knows what they're going to decide. But, but, I, I, but I still think that that's more about the playing and not playing part. And I think, Getting out of a contract that that happens. That's that's that happens across business. You know what I'm like. That's a thing. But not playing while under contract. That still to me is like. But doesn't that feel like something that KD might do if he just like we're so close? To no, that. I think I he's mean, going to play regardless. Sure, because I, be, I don't because it's, I don't believe KD's that dude. Because I, he loves Kevin Durant too much. That's why, yeah. Listen, th- let's try to break it down because we are very close to that edge of like, well, yeah, obviously guys could just not play, and we haven't seen a guy on a major level on a major scale just be like, you know what? I know that I'm my hands are tied to this contract, but I'm just not either not going to show up to the arena or I'm not going to play. You know, outside of Ben Simmons, but who cares? And and KD is in a weird situation right now with his contract because of the value of the contract who he is as a player, and the Rudy Gobert. It's just like he's not as valuable on the market as Brooklyn wants him to be or he thought that he was during when he initially Mm. said something about the trade. Right. And that's why he was like – I'm sure he waited around and was like, nothing? Nothing. Nothing? And he knows the game, so he's like, I know the exact moment to go, and fuck Steve Nash. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stamp or whatever. But But – you know what I'm saying? And so I, I, I just, get all of that. I'm, I'm not, again, I'm not trying to invalidate any of that, but 
What matters is, is he going to go out there and play? The drama helps the NBA in a lot of cases because now we're following the storylines. Now the, the, the NBA today's are getting the best ratings it's gotten in years. Obviously, shout out to Malika Andrews, friend of the show, for what she's been able to do successfully over there. But as far as like the meshing of the industries of the sport of basketball in the media. And you've obviously alluded to broadcast contracts and, and all of those kinds of deals. Like there is a more fulfilled um, monetary circulation, if you will, annually because of what's going on year round and kind of these storylines and things, if you will, like the NBA has just kind of become that. That I actually think they'll make money off of that on the back end. Now you got Draymond in the in the podcast. Like you've got the active players now even in it. And it's like, are there gonna be back and forth and challenges and things that come with that? Yeah. But also, everybody's getting a bag here. Like, like everybody is getting a significant lucrative bag here, but not playing important to note, correct. Not playing <laughs> that is it's sacrilegious. That's sacrilegious, yo. And yo, but I'm just like, <laughs> of course they're gonna make the money on the back end, the NBA, but they're it's you know, it's always gonna be tough. They're gonna try to get some of the, you know what I'm saying, the issue back from the players. But uh, every- but again, I think it's more so from the guys that don't play, the Ben Simmons. The Kyrie Irvings, not the guys that make noise. Yeah, I but think it's gonna be the guys that don't play. The I, the John Walls, you know what I mean? Yeah, like I want to see that guy. guy play. I want to see him play too. But damn, he's he hasn't played for a. He long hasn't time. played he's for made a, a lot of James Harden. James Harden's of the world. Yeah, like, no, like for sure. I those guys saying. to me I, hold I a little saying. bit. Like those guys that that I think Matt because it's like because what it does is it's like. If you can go to that extent, like, if I'm KD, yeah, me getting what I want shouldn't be a problem because I'm still playing. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? But 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 I'm saying if that's what I'm saying is if guys not playing is being allowed, which it has been allowed, that to me more so has an impact on the leverage that ownership has in this situation because it's like, yo – you just let Kyrie not play for a whole season. Like, you think I'm going to take you serious about me wanting to get traded and me not being able to get that done? No, because I just watched you just do all of this clown buffoonery with the whole Kyrie Irving situation. It's like, nah, yo, now Nash, get out of here. Now Bobby Marks, get out of Everybody go. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like everyone like, under the bus. If, yeah, if, if, not play, if, if they didn't allow guys to not play, you might have less of what KD's doing right now. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's a precedent that got set not allowing guys to play. And I understand it was a weird, wonky time period as being in the pandemic, all of these things. But, like, you could deal with drama if the guy's still going to turn out, be on the court, and produce. I believe KD's going to do that. Yeah, I don't I think mean, KD's sitting out. Hey, KD's already this. sat out because of injury. He ain't getting no younger. I think it would be foolish of him to sit out at this point in his career. No, I don't think that he and, wants to sit out. I, I actually read, like, and this is not to be disrespectful, but like desperation in Kevin Durant a little bit. I think he's like, if I don't get some more rings, yeah, then I'm legacy wise, I'm screwed. Yeah, and I don't think it's gonna matter. I think no matter what, Kevin Durant, he could rattle off three, four more rings, and I think it's still gonna be like biggest asterisk in the game on Kevin Durant's legacy in terms of great, which you know matters a lot. You know, to these guys, when you get to that level, why would it matter? There's nothing else to shoot for. But it's like KD, bro. I just don't see it with you, dog. I just don't see it with you, man. Not because I He's don't see be it in you. Olajuwon. I don't see it. It's and not that's that no small feat, you. but, it, but it's we're because, talking from a championship. And, and there's a durability issue there, sure. But I also think that, like, Kevin Durant is not so much of a unicorn anymore in the league, coupled with him being 34. Like, he's still really good, but yeah. it's like... Yeah. We just seen that not enough. Not, not even, even yeah. close not to even enough. Not even close to enough. And and the Kevin Durant not that I know, if enough. he's on the court, don't bet happen. against him. Yeah, right. Right. And so that's right. where I'm like, and I, I know and that. I know that he feels himself being like, wait, maybe I'm not Kevin Durant so much anymore. Yeah. Because the market is telling me that I'm not. 
Because Brooklyn's going to jam respect it. I respect that. Brooklyn's going to jam it down their throats. They're going to be like, well, throw the. You better give us the house and the boat. Yeah. And the, and the skis. Yeah. Because we're not giving up Kevin Durant. And everyone's going, yeah, he's not. He's yeah, not that anymore. Not that, he's not yeah. going to guarantee you a championship or a contention for a championship anymore. That's real. And so the values That's of those real. contracts are going to go. Are, I think they're going to be differently structured. And I bet. That when the CBA breaks down, even with all the Kyrie stuff, it'll probably still be called the Kevin Durant rule, whatever they change. You know what I'm saying? In terms of like structuring contracts, just to like safeguard themselves from, you know, teams from being like, oh, I might get caught up having to pay John Wall $200 million for four years and he's not even in the state. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know though. I'm not one of those. That would require me to be an even bigger NBA nerd that I don't really want to (laughs) be. Why not? Because it take because it takes so much time out of my yeah. life already, bro. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it sucks. It, it does. That's why I said, man, take a break. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now you get it. Yeah. Now you get it. Yeah. Now I take get it. Take a break, yo. <laughs> like, hey, I'm I'm enjoying these gigs right now because I know I ain't gonna be able to do two DJ gigs a weekend a couple months from now. Like, it won't even be an option. So it's like, right now, getting these back to back gigs and. I did about eight gigs in the last month. Like, I'm doing on average two gigs a weekend. Like, hey, I'm enjoying it, man, because it ain't going to always be this way. And listen, it, it, it is a little t- – it's exhausting. It's yeah. look, I, I, That's two shows a weekend that I have to prepare for, that I have to make sure I'm right for, and then go execute. You know what I'm saying? And it's like uh, those are two – Three-hour shows every weekend. And I did an eight-hour one because I did a wedding recently. But it's like, nah, man, that's work. It's still work. Yeah, you're sweating. And you have to be creative and physical at the same time. Yeah, it's, you got to yeah. move big. You got to move stereos and subwoofers. And you yeah. know what I mean? It's a lot of moving. Like you said, the people just look at you just turn plug it in and playing and it's like nah it's not like that i moved the entire time i'm not gonna just stand there and be stale while i'm djing and the mind like, is getting the nah, most exercise absolutely for sure. you know what i'm saying you're absolutely. so like absolutely like you're just you know what i mean you know yeah what I mean. yeah so it's, it's cool to get that rest right now you but, feel like you can shoot laser beams out of your but, eyes when but you're about just, a month like, from there. now i'll be like all right give me the headset <laughs> <laughs> sitting down for a while yeah give me this the headset, my seat right here all right, cool. right, all right i'm here I'll be there. I'll be there. All right, we're going to get out of here, man. We got a Patreon episode to crank out. On that note, we're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how. That is to stay woke and go win. Mm -hmm.